Welcome to the Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast presented by Outdoors by Owner. OBO helps the outdoorsmen find the perfect home to rent for their next outdoor pursuit. Whether you're looking for a house right on the shallow water flats of Florida Bay with world-class sight fishing right out your back door, or you want to find a weekend mountain getaway for you and your family, OBO has the house for you. To check out all their incredible properties, visit go-obo.com. On today's podcast, I chat with David Daniel of the Saltwater Anglers Network. We discuss inshore fishing, the Saltwater Anglers Network, and the upcoming Crystal Coast Redfish Tournament. Hope y'all enjoy. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast, where my guide buddies and I discuss our day-to-day fishing on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. I've teamed up with Florida Fishing Products to outfit my guide service with their spinning reels, braided line, and fluorocarbon leader, and I'm looking forward to giving you some real-world feedback on their gear. I've been enjoying their Osprey CE for all my light tackle, redfish, and speckled trout, and Resolute for my beefier setups for big reds, cobia, tarpon, and jacks. I'm looking forward to helping further their mission to equip anglers to fish better, which couldn't align closer with our values here at Eastern Current. Be sure to check out their website, floridafishingproducts.com, or ask about them at your local tackle shop. Temple Fork Outfitters is the rod of choice for all of us here at Eastern Current. Whether we're fly fishing for shallow water redfish, sight casting to cobia from a tower, or dropping live pinfish to grouper in 100 feet of water, they have the rod for the job. Their customer service is unmatched by any rod company out there, and their rods can take the beating of everyday guide use without any issues. My favorite rod for redfish and speckled trout is their seven-foot medium-light tactical inshore spin rod. Be sure to check out their website, tforods.com. David, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast with me. I know we've talked uh, a few times in the past, but excited to pick your brain, kind of hear your story, and uh, talk about the Saltwater Anglers Network here on the Eastern Current Podcast. All right, looking forward to it. For sure, man. So let's start out, as I do on most podcasts, let's hear your backstory, kind of where you grew up, how fishing became you know, a life passion for you, and, and, and kind of the road that you've taken following your fishing passion. Okay, well... As a young kid, obviously, like most of us, we started out young that, that continue with this. And uh, uh, my grandfather, my dad, uh, we all fished together. My uncle, it's kind of a family-type event a lot. And um, we traveled around, went to different places in the central part of North Carolina and um, started coming down to the coast as you know, very young age. And... Um, Kind of took it from there, and it's been a passion for a lot of years, and um, really love it. Love to be outside, love to be on the water, um, and kind of did a lot more near shore, offshore stuff, and then uh, recently have gotten into more inshore, and well, recently, I guess the last seven to eight years, and uh, really love that, and getting a little older, so my old body can't take the beat up of going offshore as much <laughs> i uh, uh i just I enjoy it i love it yeah for sure so your early memories of fishing kind of w- when you became you know real passionate about it was that all freshwater fishing for the most part well a combination of both we 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 did a lot of freshwater fishing but uh we made several trips during the year to the salt water and and those were always interesting um especially in my younger days um, 
just just the pure the sheer abundance of fish uh, versus you know the struggles we have these days yeah definitely it's uh it's it is crazy because i i'm either getting worse and worse at fishing over the years or we have maybe less redfish where i fish <laughs> i remember being a kid and and going and jumping on a grass flat during a flood tide and seeing 30 to 50 redfish no problem walking and now i feel like i can't see that anymore and, and i feel you know it's, it's all cyclical but uh, it does change quite a bit so growing up in the central part of the state did you was it mostly bass fishing catching brim stuff like that or were you doing some trout fishing and and stuff in the mountains no just basically bass fishing catching brim i guess it's uh tell my age here a little bit the year i graduated from high school they flooded uh jordan lake and so uh that lake came on pretty strong pretty quick and uh they stocked it with some white bass and that was uh extremely fun top water fishing um for those so it's been it's been a while, and then and you know developed some offshore friends, and then uh, went in with another guy, and we purchased a boat together, and we fished the FLW tour, and oh, cool, you know fished uh, uh, Venice, Louisiana, all the way back around to to uh, Moorhead City again, and uh, through those years of the uh, FLW tour, Kingfish tour, and that was a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, learned a lot, and. Um, uh, you know, very passionate about it, and so now I've kind of got that out of my system. I think everybody goes through the king mackerel phase and gets it out of this, and then they move on to something else. So here we are. So tell me this: out of fishing, you know, the entire eastern Gulf Coast essentially for king mackerel, where where do you feel like the most productive place out of that range is for for king mackerel fishing? Well, it's, it's no doubt it's Venice. It's Venice. Um, I, I, People might disagree with that, but I think that uh, Venice has just a uh, Louisiana just has uh, incredible fishery uh, offshore, and with the structure they have out there in the oil rigs, uh, it's pretty simple to go out there and, and catch fish. If you, when we were out there fishing, if you didn't have one that was fifty plus, you, you didn't even worry about getting back to the scales in time. Really close, yeah. God, so you had. A really nice fish and you know this is back when the the triple engines and all were just coming out and the, the boats and the distances everybody was traveling to fish and getting away from each other to find find those fish and just a different time and uh, a lot of new development in the in the boating products and other things in fishing products as well during that time so learned a lot and um uh, and enjoyed it and had a really good time, had a lot of great friends, still have a lot of great friends that, that uh, we still get together once in a while fish, but um, it, uh, it was a heck of a ride during that time. And yeah, then, that's uh, fun. I always like hearing yeah. stories of that, people that fish those king tournaments and still do fishing. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you know you're in the right place in Venice, Louisiana, when the, inside the motel room on the back of the door it says, no cleaning ducks or fish in the room. <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> that you need to specify that now i probably would be guilty of clean I, I don't know about fish i get grossed out cleaning fish inside but i've definitely cleaned ducks and birds inside my house before <laughs> yeah the well, scales when, whenever yeah. i'm cleaning fish i feel the like i fling scales fly. everywhere yeah right the scales don't quite fly as far as the uh, the feathers might float around, but the scales are tough to get off. Right, exactly, exactly. That's cool. I, I love Louisiana. I spent uh, about seven years down there guiding out of Hopedale in the wintertime. 
and mm-hmm. never got to mess around with any of the offshore stuff. Always planned on it and just never did it. Um, booking a trip or two down there because um, I just was down there in a little skiff. But man, what an incredible fishery and managed managed well. But also just having that massive river, the Mississippi, just feeding so much nutrients and sediment, and um, you know building marsh and just it just it, it's just a the perfect storm of of you know, everything as far as the inshore and nearshore and offshore fishing goes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And uh, you just take a fun fishing day down there and, um, you know, you'd run out of bait fairly quickly. I mean, it's not a – it's unreal. It really is. And if you if you, if if anybody gets a chance to go, uh, they ought to go. It's, it's one of those trips you'll, you'll enjoy. And yellowfin tuna, and uh, we went out there one day, caught a little marlin. That's awesome. Several, wild, several yellow fins and went out to the Gus, which is the largest uh, um, old platform that Exxon has out there. And uh, it's unreal. So, unreal. For, so for you, you know, I, I imagine putting that amount of effort into king mackerel fishing, there's not much time for other fishing, really. So when did that kind of shift happen for you to where the inshore game became um, spe- you know, maybe your specific target, and did that have was that kind of coinciding with uh, the saltwater anglers network being born? Yeah, no, not really. Saltwater anglers network came a little later. I think that um, just like with everybody else, uh, um, two thousand seven, seven and eight rolled around, and and you know, the break, you got to put the brakes on a lot of stuff that you were doing for fun just because of the way the economy was. So, I think everybody right. back. And uh, they pretty much shut that down, and um, they just couldn't get the participation. And so, um, with that, I started getting back to more basic fishing inshore, and that type of thing started developing that. But really, didn't come along until uh, um, I guess probably about 2012, 13, 14 range that um, I decided to start Saltwater Angles Network. Awesome. And that basically came out of the need to, um, you know, you own a boat and it's hard to find people to go fishing with you. Yeah. And, you know, you, you want a boat and you want to fish with people. And then once you go fishing with a few people, you own a boat, you, you decide you're going to buy a boat and then you don't have anybody to fish with. So we, we decided to put together a Saltwater Anglers Network to basically get anglers together, um, go over some of the basics. Uh, and then people could become more comfortable with each other, you know, knowing and seeing someone in a couple of meetings and seeing that they have the knowledge how to, you know, tie their own line and do the things that they need to do um, and be comfortable with going out there fishing with somebody that you really don't know that well. Um, but over the years, there's been a lot of relationships that has um, developed out of the Saltwater Angles Network, which I'm proud to say um, we've been a part of to help uh, – those guys, they take international trips now. They they uh, they fish down on our coast a, a lot, and um, just different groups that that have hit it off, and and that that's that's exactly what we wanted to happen. And uh, you know, it's easy to form a friendship with somebody that has the same interests that that you do, and I think that's one of the key key things for us. No, definitely, I think that's really cool, and and something that is so needed, and. Especially like I've learned too, it's like when you're, I'm, I'm 32 years old now 
And the older you get, kind of the harder it is to make friends. You know what I mean? Like in college and high school and everything, you're set up to meet new people all the time, make new friends. But it's like you get, I get into something new. Like let's say it's not even fishing, but like uh, dirt bikes. Like I got into like a year and a half ago, I moved into this neighborhood and a bunch of the dads rode little pit bike dirt bikes around. So I wanted to get into dirt bikes, but I didn't have anyone to ask questions to, you know, and to learn from like, what should I buy? What should I, because I was trying to find a little pit bike on Facebook marketplace and, and I didn't want to ask all the dads that I didn't really know on the street, but I didn't know. And it's kind of the same thing in fishing. It's like, you want a comfortable space to learn, to ask questions, to, to network, to make friends. And unfortunately I feel like some of that can be done on Facebook, but I see so much negative and hate on Facebook. Like somebody asks a simple question about fishing or something and they get chewed alive by people on Facebook groups about, you know, how they're an idiot because they didn't know what this fish was or where they could fish. And, um, so I think providing a safe space for people to connect and do that is, is super cool. And that's, and that's right. And I think the, the, we helped, um, kind of, um, the guy that didn't have a lot of, um, fishing knowledge we could bring him in and bring him up to speed and nobody would know you know for the for the good or for the worst that hey this guy really didn't know that much but once he goes to a few of our workshop events and um we've been having um you know during covid we had the zoom meetings where we would do it over the computer and you know we have 40 or 50 people on a on a zoom call and uh, well, this last this past month, we had Eric Eric Botchnik from Mirror Lures on, and uh, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has got multiple Mirror Lures in their in their tackle box, among other things. From where I'm sitting, Bay. I think I can see like 13 Mirror Lures in my garage. <laughs> and uh, LNS Bait Company and all the other stuff that they make, and, and they've been really good to us and supporting us. And and so you know you know just just to not to tie to tie the lure on or um, how to snail a hook or you know the, the basic stuff and uh um, so we kind of go through that and, and make it fun at the same time and and so as we progress with the saltwater angels network we said well we got to find a charity of some sort that we've got to to uh you know support so john zamani good friend of mine he came up with catching for kids um and so catching for for kids is uh you know certified uh, you know charity um, that we funnel all the uh, proceeds that we make from any of our events go into that. Um, and, and then that provides rod and reel combos for fishing schools or, you know, YMCA to help with um, their Christmas uh, shops that they have that we provide those to them and, you know, other, other avenues that we help in different um, ongoing you know, kids fishing uh, events and, and education, that type of thing that we help by providing those uh, rod and reel combos. And had an interesting event, a guy called me, and he said, well, we just want to borrow your rod and reel combos for our our, uh, our classes that we're going to have. And I said, well, we'll do you better. Let's, let's, you use those and you teach those kids how to tie those, those lures that come with the rod and reel combo in the small tackle box, and then they can take them home with them and then, Hopefully they'll find a place because our our motto is that if uh, if a kid can find a, a cool breeze and a sunset um, and get some peace and uh, enjoy catching some fish, maybe it'd be something that they'll get hooked on and you know keep them going down a different road. 
Yeah, that's, man, I can't agree more. That's really, really cool. And If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. There is no stealthier platform to fish the shallow water flats, creeks, and marshes than a pedal drive kayak. The P127 from Bonafide is my choice when I want to get out on a solo trip and access the areas that I can't get to on a flat skiff or a bay boat. It happens far too often in a boat where I have redfish and plenty of water in the back of a creek or bay, but there's a sandbar or series of sandbars between me and the fish and I just can't quite make it to casting distance. But with a kayak, I can drag across the sandbar right to them. Be sure to check out the full lineup of Bonafide Kayaks on the website or at Hook, Line, and Paddle here in Wilmington. I will have a link to the Bonafide website in the show notes as well. The, I would say the past 10 years with the kind of the, the rise of the YouTube fishing culture, there was a lot of kids kind of drawn to fishing. And I feel like now that is, it's still happening, but it's not to the, to the extent that it was. And I feel like, man, everyone, every kid that we can get into fishing, you know, catch a couple of fish, they're, they're going to enjoy it. I mean, if you can get a, I would find, I could, I, I could find very few kids that wouldn't actually enjoy going out and catching a couple of redfish or trout. Uh, you know, in the, at a younger age and, and wanting to do more of that for, for sure. So it's one thing if you go out and fish and it's, it's uneventful and, you know, I, I've seen that happen myself on my own charters where I grind in as hard as I can to try to catch some kids, some fish on a tough day. And, um, you know, they just, it doesn't happen or it's a slow day and, and they kind of lose that interest. But I feel like if you can get them on that, that bite or get them a couple fish, man, it's not hard to get them hooked on it, but that's super cool. Um, so as far as um, as that that uh, nonprofit charity goes, um, how can people? How can kids get involved? And also, how can how can people find y'all's events for Saltwater Anglers Network? If someone was wanting to take a class or or do uh, one of y'all's events, what's the best way to kind of get plugged in for that? Well, we're we've decided that I mean we're we're on Instagram and Facebook. We push Instagram um, a little harder. Um, and that's probably the best place to catch up with us. And my my phone number is on there. Um, you're you're welcome to call me anytime, and I can tell you what we've got going on. I can tell you how to support us, and and you know what we've got uh, in the schedule. Um, you know, like uh, coming up on May the nineteenth, which is um, not this Friday, but next. Uh, we've got tight lines in downtown Morehead City. We've got the entire restaurant that night. Uh, a Friday night, they they this is our second event there, and we did so well at the first event. They said, well, "We're just going to close the restaurant for you and let That's you guys awesome. have the whole." So we've got uh, silent auction items, and we've got raffle items that we'll have uh, from six to seven forty-five or so. Um, you can come in, have dinner, talk to other fishermen. There's no there's no type of uh, presentation or meeting or anything like that. It's just a, it's just a kickoff of our Crystal Coast Redfish Showdown, 
uh, second annual tournament that will be on the 20th, the day after. And this is Angler's Friends and Family Party uh, that we have an event that uh, we we decided once we had the Saltwater Angler's Network, we got the charity, then we said, okay, let's do, let's do one tournament, see how it turns out. So it turned out really great last year. Um, we raised close to $10,000, um, and we hope to do, you know, one and a half of that, hopefully this time. And so that will nice. allow us some different things, and um, we look forward to that. And every all this that we will have there, raffle items and selling auction items have all been donated. Um, some unique stuff there, some unique fishing stuff that people have handmade. Uh, we will have and, and different artwork and whatnot uh, associated with that. Um, and then obviously mirror lures has been a great sponsor, uh, Clark spoons, um, bets tackle. Um, there's just been a lot of people, a lot of different guides, uh, will sponsor, you know, half day trips that we'll give away then. And, uh, just, just, it's, it's been really good. And, and, um, it's from the fly. This is, this is a, this is the first of its kind. It's a, we have a fly uh, division and we have a, division and each one of those has their own uh, separate prizes there's no money it's pretty much bragging rights we've got some very nice trophies that were uh, custom made for this uh, by Adam Walsh over at the Metal Edge Um, and just a lot of of different stuff and uh, you can fish anywhere in North Carolina it's fished through the iAngler app um, so that you will know as you record your fish you catch one you got a wristband it's a slot tournament you get to record three fish and as you record your fish you'll see where you are in the standing so if you're fishing in wilmington and you've got to get back to town creek in beaufort by 4 30 if you're in first second or third place um you'll know where you stand and so i think it's 55 miles from wilmington up here so what is that probably an hour and 15 minutes with traffic or something. Yeah, it's about an hour 15 to hour 35 probably to get to Beaufort from Oya. But also that depends on where you are in Wilmington and what time of day it is. That's true, too. And on Saturday afternoon, you know. But anyway, um, so so that's that. that you can fish your familiar waters, I guess is what I'm saying. And yeah, that for will sure. Comfortable. And like I was saying, we have a, a, a fly division and a spin division, so uh, separate prizes for, for those uh first second and third for and last year we didn't have anybody win first second and third because we didn't have a single slot fish caught on the fly they were all either under slot or over slot oh, wow. and, um bahia sunglasses has given us several pair of sunglasses one of them we're going to use for a most spots on one side um of the drum that'll be one of the prizes we'll give away a little bit yeah, i love that I've wanted yeah, to put on a tournament that was just most spots. I, th- I always thought that would be fun to do like a legit tournament in most spots, and that's the only category, but I'm probably crazy. I'd be the only one that fished it. Yeah. The, 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 the one thing, I, one last thing I'll mention about the tournament is this year we've got a 16 and under division. Oh, cool. That, that we will, that those kids get to fish for free. Um, the entry fee is not that much. Um, it's $60. That gets you a, um, a bucket, a um, Chris Coast Redfish Showdown bucket, and a T-shirt. Um, we had some really nice hats last year, but we had some issues with those this year. Gotcha. About the quality. So, 
everybody loved those hats. We still got about 40. We'll, I'm sure we'll sell them all at the, at the meeting Friday night. They're good looking hats. Okay. I'll say so myself. Um, uh, shout out to, um, oh Lord, Paul Puckett, I think his name Paul down Puckett, at, yep. uh, yeah, in South Carolina. He, Designed those uh, hats for us, and it's really, really cool. You've seen his handiwork. Oh yeah, days. man, he's he's a, he's really good. I love his stuff. So yeah, he, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, tell me this now. As an angler in the tournament, if I wanted to fish, you know, a spin rod and a fly rod, could I compete in both divisions at the same time? You can. Okay. It's, like I said, dollars to to do fly or spin, or if you want to do, if you want to go ahead and sign up for both, it's a hundred. Gotcha. So we'll okay. Sweet. So it's separate. It's separate signups there. That's awesome. That's right. And in uh, CCA and I have uh, joined together on this tournament because they have the access to the iAngler app uh, at a much more reasonable price than if I was just doing a one-off. Um, given the amount of tournaments that they do, so we have uh, partnered with them and and uh, you know good good calls. Uh, you know, love them or like them. I think they're pushing us in the right direction. So one hundred percent. We gotta do something before this thing collapses. I so. I agree with you. No, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of CCA and Matthew and everybody over there. So, um, I'm a I'm I'm stoked y'all are partnering up with them. Yeah, the iAngler app. So we've been doing some very small tournaments through Eastern Current um, on the iAngler app, and it's a cool way to. It's a really cool way to do it. I I think we've just slacked in our in our promotion of the tournaments, but um, I think it's uh I think it's just a really cool way. To, to do the tournament, it's also very neat that it's catch and release, where you can have a tournament, be competitive, but the fish goes right back in the water. So uh, that's a that's definitely a neat thing. And and the fact that there's a fly outlet, I've had so many people reach out to me about a fly tournament. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that uh, some people will hear this and sign up for the tournament just to do the fly division, um, which will be really neat. I think we're going to maybe try to do a, a fly tournament at some point this summer, um, with, partnering up with my buddy's shop there, um, Soundside Outfitters that just opened in Swansboro do a little kickoff um, fly tournament. So that's always always fun. Um, but, yeah, so people can come. In, now, do you have to come to that captain's meeting or that party if you're wanting to fish the tournament? We would like for you to because, obviously, that's where the raffle tickets and other things that, that yep. we're going to do. Hold. Um, you've got to have a wristband. Um, we've probably worked something out with folks that are down your way. Um it's just that we, we can't get the, you know, I hate to say it, we don't want to put the wristbands in anybody's hands early. Cause right, 100%. You just got to be safe. You know, got to make yeah. sure that you don't don't give people the opportunity to make silly decisions. That's right. You don't want to make a poor decision. So we prefer everybody to come here. Um, you know, there are circumstances that go beyond that. We'll work something out. But uh, awesome. it's hard to. It, 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 don't don't expect to get the bucket because it's, it's hard to put a bucket in the mail. We'd, we'd lose money <laughs> somewhere. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's funny. So, do you remember what won the tournament last year as far as the the light tackle division went? Uh, three fish. It was um. Oh, what did it, I mean, it's inches, so it's yep. an inches tournament. Um, I can't remember the big. Exact no, you're good. Look. Is it is there a specific ruler that y'all require for the the tournaments, or as long as it's got, um, or anything? I mean, like? as long as it's, stick, I mean, we, or, you know, some type of fish stick that's recognizable. We don't want you to scratch one off on a piece of paper and for put sure. it in the boat. 
For but sure. um, yeah, just as long as something that we can we can see it. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody's going to do their thing, then, then they they'll do their thing. But we, you know, I always say karma's a terrible thing. Yeah, you don't um, want to battle with that. And I feel like when you take the money part out of the tournament, where it's a fundraiser yeah. tournament, I feel like you've got a much better chance of of everybody playing clean. You really don't have to worry about about the cheating as much there. Now, if there's twenty thousand dollars sitting there, people might be a little more tempted to cheat. But um, that's right. It's uh, yeah. that's the way it is. So I want to get back in before we wrap the podcast up, and we talked about your kind of transition from you know the king mackerel to offshore thing to your inshore fishing. But what what is what's your passion now as far as inshore fishing goes? What what do you like to do? And um, if you've got a day to go out and 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 spend some time in the inshore waters in North Carolina, well. I don't think there's anything better than than uh, any type of fish on top water. Um, I also don't think there's anything better than, you know, taking somebody out that's never caught a lot of fish and put them on fish and just seeing that excitement on their face. I, that's probably the best thing. Um, to watch Anita catch that uh, tarpon uh, down in Florida last month, um, she just didn't realize what kind of victory she had in, yeah. in getting that fish to the boat and putting her hands, you know, at least touching it before we released it. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, seeing that and seeing that in folks and kids and, and young people alike and, and, uh, you know, and, and seeing these dads too, when their kids get out there and fish, it's, it's, re- it's very rewarding. And, uh, but again, I, I think my favorite is, you know, top border, you know, uh, I love a popping court too. I mean, it's just a lot of, lot of action. Um, but but, you know, drum fishing is probably it for me. All right. So tell and me this: the, Would you rather catch a twenty-nine inch speckled trout on a topwater plug, or would you rather catch a fifty-pound redfish on a topwater plug? Oh, uh, that's a tough <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, that might be a question I start asking everyone that comes on the podcast because you can learn a lot about a man by the answer to this question. Well, I think for me, I think the I've caught a right many drum. I've I've never caught uh, a twenty nine inch speckled trout on top water. I can tell you that, but that would be a that would be awesome because I think the uh, the hit of that would be good. Plus, it would give me some revenge against Anita again. She has caught the largest speckled trout to date on the. I still hold the redfish, uh, but she's got the largest speckled trout, which is. Uh, that's good. Got something to shoot for. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. I think it's kind of yeah, it's a it's it's a tough question, but I'm with you. I'm totally the trout too. I think that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love big redfish, but there's something that seems more difficult. Like it seems like more of a feat to catch a big trout on a top water. Because a redfish, you know, if you bring a top water across a 50 pound redfish's face, he's probably going to eat it. A trout, it's like you could make a hundred cast over him, and then maybe he might he might not eat it. You know, it's a little more of a of a feat, I feel like. Not that a 50-pound redfish is not easy to catch either, but still, I think the big trout would be my winner for sure. Yeah, unless you lived in Texas. Yeah, unless you lived in Texas, then the 50-pound red might be nice. <laughs> yeah, but right. I'd rather one eat the back uh, treble and one eat the front treble, and I get them both at the same time. That'd be my 
my uh my go-to there that that would be uh quite a ride there for sure but no that's super cool and one thing that i see in you and we've had very few conversations you know this is obviously our longest conversation but your passion for sharing the experiences that you have on the water with others and getting people you know young and old involved in the sport which i think is is huge and and something that is you know potentially being lost by there's this stigma by anglers or guides or, you know, seasoned people in the water that like, you know, trying to keep secrets and keep stuff to themselves. And I totally get that side and that point of view as far as, you know, you, you put a lot of time in the water to learn on, on the water to learn certain things and, and you want to protect that. But also, you know, as far as the way I view it and the, I've caught heat for the podcast and teaching stuff online you know, a little bit in the past. And I always just share with people, it's like, we need more people on the water being successful, you know, in inshore fishing to be a louder voice for conservation in the future. So it's, it really is a, you know, the, the bigger and louder we can be as a group of recreational anglers, I think the more powerful we are, um, and the less problems we'll have in the long run, as far as, you know, um, conservation goes. Yeah, I think it's funny down when we were in Florida spending the time down there in the neighborhood that we rented a house in. There was an older gentleman down there. He's like, I don't know, 74, 76 years old. Um, he made a comment to me about, well, we don't, we don't give away many secrets around here. And I was, I was looking around and I was like, well, ain't many secrets going to be left here soon. You might want to think about sharing them with somebody right. so, from an age point of view. But, uh, but no, I think that's true. I think a lot of people, there's an arrogance that's out there that, um, that you can cut it with a knife. And um, it's, uh, you know, people want to be quiet about their spots and that kind of thing. And I understand that. I mean, you know, but at the same time, um, this is something that needs to be shared with others. And if you're not, if you're out there in the boat by yourself and you're inexperienced by yourself, you're missing out. For sure. And, uh, if you're not taking friends and, and going, giving them some opportunities, then uh, and you're you're missing out. So uh, you know, think about that. And, and um, I know that we we're in a lonely world, so to speak. We got all this ways to communicate, but it's still lonelier than it's ever been. Yep. And uh, well, I think if if you know if you want to. You want to meet some new folks that have they're like minded and, and and like the fish, and you enjoy the fish, and you got something you can contribute, and uh, we'd love to have you, and we'd love to have you uh, next week on the nineteenth. You're welcome to come to Tight Lines, um, and then our tournament is on the twentieth, and and you're welcome to that. And, and you know, uh, Jed, I guess you can put my phone number up there if anybody's got any questions about yeah. this. I hope you'll get it for. I hope you'll get this out before. Uh, I definitely will. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that this podcast drops. So it would be next weekend is the tournament, correct? That's correct. So I'll jump this podcast out to going out the Tuesday before that tournament. So it'll be next Tuesday for us. Um, if you're okay. listening to this podcast as it just dropped, uh, the tournament is this upcoming weekend. So um, it'll be it'll be perfect timing for it and and i will link all of y'all's information in the show notes of the podcast i'll put your phone number in there so people can just directly reach out to you with any tournament questions or any any questions about the saltwater anglers network but man what a what a fun conversation enjoyed enjoyed getting to chat with you um is there anything else that you want to touch on no worries if not but i just want to make sure i didn't leave anything on the table for you no i think that um i'd like to get down there and fish that wilmington area uh 
Matt's been talking to me about your tournament coming this fall. Um, he'd like for me to, to get in and, and help with that. And Need and I have discussed it, and I think we're going to try to participate in, in helping grow that down there. And I awesome. know there's multiple, multiple divisions down there as far as uh, uh, kayaks and, and other uh, divisions that they're going to have. So we look forward to, to getting involved with that and uh, look forward to seeing you guys more and uh, getting down to New Hanover and uh checking it out definitely man we'll have to we'll have to get together and do some fishing before then and uh thank you so much for for hopping on chatting with us all right thank you well guys thanks for checking out another eastern current episode like i said all the information will be linked in the show notes below um but we we thank you for clicking and listening to our podcast and as always we'll see you next week later if you're anything like me you like a clean boat that's why i've chosen to partner with carolina first mate out of south carolina Carolina First Mate is a family-owned business that provides environmentally friendly boat cleaning alternatives. My two favorite products are their hole cleaner that doesn't harm your trailer and their boat wash. Be sure to use code EC15 for 15% off your online purchase. If you're interested in checking out all their products, you can find a link to their website in the podcast show notes.